are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. Welcome back to the Storm Tracker Podcast. I'm Marcus Benjamin, chilling with my guy, Frank Tucker, representing the crib, South Florida. And we represent KatesCounty.com, part of the Rivals.com network. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all platforms and also subscribe to this YouTube channel live from Canes County. Most importantly, subscribe to the website, KatesCounty.com. Use the promo code Miami30 for the first 30 days for free. Frank, we are entering ACC play. Finally, the last team to enter ACC play is the Miami Hurricanes this week against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Now, Georgia Tech suffered a excruciating loss last week against Bowling Green. Uh, I think everybody was kind of surprised when when they saw the score. And they're 2-3. and three. Miami is 4-0 and oh going into this home game at night. Uh, should be a good crowd uh, Miami's breaking out the Miami Knights uniforms for this one Cam Kinchins the All-American safety is back everything kind of is leading towards a big win for Miami here Georgia Tech is going to be coming out I think guns blazing here but I doubt they come out of Hard Rock Stadium with a victory but what are the chances that they pull off the upset against the Hurricanes Virtually zero. I, I don't think this is a Miami team that we necessarily have to be worried about being upset by teams that are a lot lesser than right now. I mean, Georgia Tech is not a power by any stretch of the imagination, the ACC, and they're almost in the conversation of being at the bottom after losing by double digits to Bowling Green. It wasn't just like a tough, you know, close loss. Like, they lost by 11 at home to a Bowling Green team that isn't exactly one of the best, even in the group of five ranks, in my opinion. So, you know, they got blown out in a bad way against Ole Miss, 48 to 23. They're susceptible to allowing a lot of points. Uh, They left 38 to Bowling Green, 48 to Ole Miss. Um, I mean, even Wake Forest, who's pretty rough this year, put up double-digit points. Um, So overall, I, I just, I do not foresee them having any opportunity in this game to, to even, threaten for an upset, let alone, uh, you know, a scare uh, of of any magnitude. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, man. Uh, Miami is stout against the run, and Georgia Tech is not a team that has been able to run the ball very well. And from previous podcasts that I did with Kelly Quinlan from jacketsonline.com. He said that their DBs are susceptible to the deep vertical throw. So I don't see Miami's offense stopping at all, really, because Miami is is one of the more efficient offenses in the entire country. And they've just been clicking on all cylinders and they they rise to the challenge. And you gotta love what you hear from the players and the coaches. Everyone just kind of seems like they're on one accord. I don't expect a letdown by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think back in the day or or last season, maybe like this would be uh, a, uh, a situation where you would be nervous, right? You'd be nervous that Miami's going into a game after a bye and that they, possibly are not really 
stepping up to par or making the spread. Miami's got a 21-point spread in this one. Frank, you think they make it? Hit it easy. Hit this one <laughs> easy. If, if you're if, – listen, if you got a bookie, call him up and pound this one because I, I, I just don't – I don't foresee this one being close. This is a team that Miami beat last year with Jakari Brown, a quarterback. Jakari Brown's a guy that can't even see the field for Miami right now. He's a third-string quarterback at the University of Miami. This is a team – that, that struggled last year against a five and seven Miami team, right? Like that, that was a, that was a win for Miami. That was a huge moment. And, and Jakari Brown looked pretty good in his homecoming. Could you imagine what Tyler Van Dyke in an air raid offense with three, four, potentially even five really good running backs in the backfield, a wide receiver core that is healthy, that the whole entire offensive line is there. Everything is in place for this offense to put up huge numbers this week. And I think that Miami wants to set the tone, especially in the first game of ACC play. This this is a game where, you know, the season's kind of getting into a fork, going into a fork in the road, right? You got North Carolina next week. You do not want to have a lull before you go against the North Carolinas, the Clemsons, the Florida States of the world. You want to go into that core part of the schedule clicking on all cylinders like you had. And another thing is, Coming out of a bye week, traditionally Miami has struggled. This is a week where Miami's coming out of a bye week. We don't want the Manny Diaz treatment. We want to show that Miami is back to being dominant no matter the situation, right? No rust. Uh, you, you want to come into this game putting up huge points, and I don't think that the defense has shown any any prone to, to, to having a weakness. I mean, we, we love what we're seeing from Jaden Davis on the outside. Daryl Porter's looking comfortable. The rotation of the linebackers is flowing right now, no matter if they play Texas Tech, you know, Texas A&M, or the Miami of Ohio's of the world. So, overall, I think that they hit this, this spread easy, and they go into uh, that North Carolina game uh, with a ton of confidence. I'm not as confident as you are as far as the spread is concerned, only because they could jump out to a huge lead, and then they may sub in some of the young guys late. And that's when maybe Georgia Tech starts to kind of close the gap on, on the spread there. So obviously, I think this is a game where you think that happens, right? Where Miami kind of jumps out to a huge lead. And then in the fourth quarter, uh, if they're up by, you know, four scores that we see the backups roll into this one. So my question is for you, is this one of those games? I mean, being that this is the first conference game, you would think that these guys would maybe fight to the end uh, in the Yellow Jackets. Uh, but do we? is this a game we see Emery Williams in the fourth? Oh, I, I think we see Emery Williams, but I don't think that there's a drop-off uh, to the level where you have to worry about not hitting a 21-point uh, spread. It, it's Listen, I think Miami is better than an Ole Miss. Right. So I think that they can hit that spread easy. Ole Miss won by 25 points. Right. Uh, if Bowling Green can win by 11, I think Miami can win by 21. And I do think that Emory Williams plays in this game. And I think that this is going to be the first moment we see Emory Williams against, you know, true power five competition. So that's going to be a cool moment for him. Uh, and listen, I, I, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. We saw backups against Temple. We saw backups against Miami, Ohio. We've seen backups. Obviously, Bethune-Cookman is a whole different level of competition. But 
overall, I, I, I love what Miami has from a depth perspective. Uh, we, we've seen Miami go three, four deep on the defensive line. We've seen them go three deep at linebacker, put a, putting out, you know, Jaden Davis, I mean, uh, Jaden Harris at safety. So I'm not really worried about the guys that are coming off the pine. I do think that there's an expectation from those guys that, you know, next guy up mentality has to be there. And Miami can still dominate even with their depth guys in against a Georgia Tech team that's going to be broken by the, uh, you know, close close to the end of the second half. Love to, love to hear, especially if you're a Hurricanes fan, to, to kind of hear that confidence, something that I don't think Hurricanes fans had in a while. But I think the majority of fans do feel the way that you do, Frank, that this team is just going to go out there and dominate. You know, Joaquin said dominate, and it seems like Miami is doing that here in 2023. So now that we've kind of, I guess, confirmed that Miami is going to go out and win this game, I mean, who do you think are going to be the high stat makers in this game, Uh, meaning the MVPs? Who's going to be talking at the podium at the end of this one? Because those are, of course, usually the, the impact players in this one. Who do you think, Frank? Colby Young. Colby Young, I think, has a huge game. And I think that we see Ruben Bain at the podium. He is really coming into his own. One of the highest graded freshmen in all of college football, uh, especially on the defensive side. He, he is, I think he has a multi-sack effort game here. Um, and, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a James Williams uh, jump, jump into it as well. Because honestly, uh, James Williams is playing the best football of his career so far. And I think that he wants to have his All-American type moment. Uh, and, you know, we saw Cam Kinchins become that All-American player last year. And while those two guys are close, they are still competitors. And James came in as that five-star guy. I think this is the game where we see, like, potential multiple turnovers, uh, you know, uh, lead the team in tackles. Uh, those are my three guys that I think really have huge games this week against Georgia Tech. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I'm not sure if Henry Parrish is going to give this one a go. Uh, my guess is he's probably going to sit out for this one. But my MVP is whoever gets the most carries here. <laughs> you know, if it's if it's Don Chaney or if it's A.J. Allen or if it's Mark Fletcher, I just think whoever gets the most carries here is going to end up with like three touchdowns uh, for the Miami Hurricanes. I, I really do think so. And um, you know, I'm going to you you pick Kobe Young as 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 a, a MVP receiver. I, I'm going to stick with X here, man, because I, I just think he is going to eat as he has been all season. And there's nothing that tells me that he won't. And uh, he's been on a tear all season. I think he just kind of continues to do that because, you know, uh, he he'll he'll be a threat. In the out on the outside, as far as like quick screens, bubble screens, and I think he'll also be a threat, um, basically everywhere except for maybe on the nine route. I mean, that's that's kind of like the only route he doesn't, you know, run a lot. Um, you know, that's usually a Jacoby George or or a you know, Isaiah Horton or uh, or a Kobe Young, like you said. So uh, on defense, uh, Ruben Bain is, is, is a great pick, um, but I think I'll go with James Williams, man. I, I think James Williams has a huge game 
um, as far as tackling is concerned. Uh, I think, you know, he continues to, to shine bright and show that he is indeed a five-star coming out of South Florida. So I think James Williams will be the MVP and maybe even get a pick in this one. So we'll see how it all plays out. Um, I'm really high on Miami uh, and I don't the the nation is not necessarily as high as maybe we are. Um, of course, we're watching the team. Um, but I, I think this team, when, when you break it down, you know, with the analytics and I, I kind of do that, not only for just, you know, for Kane's County and just because I'm, I'm a nerd when it comes to that, uh, but for, you know, maybe gambling, per, per, uh, you know, insight as well. You know, I kind of just kind of tend to kind of see which teams are have strengths and weaknesses, especially with the top 10 and, and teams with one loss uh, to get in a competitive advantage. And, and to me, Miami is one of those teams that is basically off the charts, you know, as far as the, the number of categories that they're uh, ranked in the, in the top five or, or top 10. And, you know, people will say, well, they had an easy schedule, but no, they beat Texas A&M. And then Texas A&M, if they beat Alabama, that's going to boost them even more uh, because that's one of the best wins of any undefeated team in the nation. So I wanted to ask you, Frank, that there's a couple, couple of teams or there's a few teams that I'll throw at you. And I'm just going to ask you who you got. And, based on what you've seen in college football. Now, first team is going to be Michigan. Michigan has been to the playoff last, last, last year. And, you know, J.J. McCarthy's still there, and they were playing without Jim Harbaugh for those first couple games. I don't think that really mattered because their schedule is weak AF. Miami or Michigan, who do you think wins in a head-to-head? Head I'm still going to take Michigan. I, I, I think Michigan's probably the best team in college football right now. Georgia's kind of falling off a little bit. Michigan brought back a lot of talent. You know, Blake Corum coming back, one of the best running backs in all of college football. Uh, they have arguably the best offensive line in the country. They did win the award last year, and, and we know what they bring on defense uh, on a weekly basis. Every year they have a first, at least one first-round draft pick uh, defensive player, and, and that's probably going to continue once again this class so just overall i'm going to take michigan i just think that they're they know how to win in a way that miami doesn't right now um you know they've been in the college football playoffs the last two years they're the best team in their conference right now miami can't really put that claim together uh, overall i'm going to take michigan uh, that's that's a pretty easy one for me interesting i would take miami i would take miami against michigan um i just think from the body of work that I've seen uh, so far from Miami, it's better than what I've seen of Michigan. I mean, you make a valid point and making uh, them making the playoff, obviously, and they've, they've done a little bit more, I, I guess you could say, on a national stage that Miami has. But this is 2023. We're just concentrating on 2023. And I think, I think they take down the Wolverines. And I don't even think that they're the best team in the Big Ten. Um, I, think, I think Penn State and, and Ohio State are actually better teams uh, than Michigan right now. So that's who I'm going with. <laughs> All right. Um, next team I got is, is Washington, Frank. Um, Washington has been looking 
pretty good. I've, I've been staying up late, of course, when I'm working, and I'll watch late-night Pac-12 games, and I've been seeing them play, and they've looked pretty good. Who do you think wins head-to-head, Miami or Washington? Listen, Penix is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. They have a good team. They've been on the rise since Chris Peterson left there, uh, former Boise State head coach. Uh, you know, they, they're a good team. But I am not sold on any Pac-12 teams ever. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that it's a strong conference. There's a reason that they're usually left out of the college football playoff. It, it, it's just weak football, especially defensively. It, like, even when you got a team that puts up good numbers defensively on, on an annual basis in the Pac-12, they usually come out and get blasted by somebody from one of the bigger conferences. And, and listen, I know that this is the last year of the Pac-12 uh, and, and that they're trying to put something together with Washington and potentially Oregon. But I am not sold on Washington. I, I think they're a good team, that they fit that top 10 mold. But what if they? What's the, what does the resume really consist of? And, yeah. and, and listen, if I'm take, I think Tyler Van Dyke is back to being that potential first-round draft pick quarterback. So I think that the quarterback matchup washes out there, and Miami is recruited better on an annual basis than Washington basically forever so the talent difference is going to be there in the trenches for me and it's going to be there in the skill position spots i know they do have some good players i know they're a good team they're very well coached and it wouldn't be a blowout by any stretch of the imagination but i'm taking miami here i'm not a big washington fan to answer your question about what their resume is so they beat boise state destroyed them 56 19 they beat tulsa who's not very good. They beat Michigan State 41-7. That was on the road. They beat Cal, not a very good team. Arizona by one touchdown. I agree with you. I think Miami would beat Washington uh, because of the same reasons that you made. I don't think they're very very good on defense. I'm, I, I actually do like Penix. I do think he's – right now I would think – I would say he's a better quarterback than Tyler Van Dyke just overall. If I'm an NFL team, I, I'd probably draft Penix – over Van Dyke at this point, but I think overall Miami has a better team, certainly a better defense. Um, so I think they take them down in a one in a head-to-head matchup. Uh staying in the Pac-12, USC. What do you think? Miami, USC, head to head. This is a tough one. This is one where I think both teams are kind of in a similar position. I know USC had a really good year last year, but they did lose to Tulane. At the end of the year, I know Michael Pratt is one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Shout out to Tulane, Michael Pratt. But come on, man. That wasn't like an undefeated Tulane team. And and, and they did they did get black. Like, they completely choked in the, in the Pac-12 championship game. So, I love Caleb Williams. I think he's the best player in college football probably. Yeah. This is probably bias coming out of me. I'm taking Miami. Once again, yeah. this is a, still a Pac-12 team. I, I know that they're going to the Big Ten, right? Like, that's that's where they're going, right? Big Ten? Big but, Ten, yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Like, once again, this is an Alex Grinch defense. We know he's inept at coaching college football. If you've watched USC and Oklahoma defense over the last, like, three or four years, it is people walking into end zones, right? And I, I'm just not a big fan of, of, of Lincoln Riley. Uh, I, I know – when people when people talked about hiring a guy like Mario Cristobal and hiring a guy like Lincoln Riley, 
I said hire a guy like Mario Cristobal because Mario Cristobal is a program changer. He's a culture changer, right? Lincoln Riley's the guy who brings in a playbook, right? He, he, he's flash, right? But yeah. is there a lot of substance to that flash? I have yet to see it because while he's put some really good teams on uh, out there, even with multiple, three Heisman Trophy quarterbacks, this guy has failed to even get to a national championship. Where What's missing, right? And I think it's just the complete team that he just can't bring together. And I think if – listen, obviously Miami's got to get through, like, the North Carolinas and stuff like that. But we're kind of just projecting out. I'm projecting out Miami wins every game. But I, I think they win pretty much every game except for maybe Florida State. I think that they knock off Clemson. I think that they knock off North Carolina. And I think that they are – I think they are a top-10 team. What's interesting is if you go and look at what the old BCS rankings would look like, I think Miami is like the number one team in the country. So yeah, that's an interesting that's interesting argument, right? But I, right. I think Miami's better than USC. I, I think USC is a fraud in a lot of different ways, led by you know a really good quarterback. But outside of that, it ain't that great, right? Zachariah Branch is a really good player. He's banged up a little bit right now. I like what they got going on with Mario Williams and a few other players in their skill position spots. How good are their trenches, right? How good is their defense? They allowed, what, like 50 points last year to Tulane, and they yeah. didn't exactly go and kill it in the transfer portal, in my opinion, defensively. They bring in Bear Alexander. He doesn't even play. So, overall, I'm not a big fan of USC, another team that kind of fits that Washington mold. I'm taking Miami. Yeah, I I agree with you here. I think the writing on the wall for me is, is how they showed up against Colorado. I mean, Colorado, to me, I think is – the most overrated team in college football and USC could be is in that argument because they only beat them by one touchdown and people will say, Oh, well, they let their foot off the gas. Well, well, they kind of did, but at the same time, I think they know what's at stake. I mean, their conference mate, Oregon blew the doors off of Colorado. And if they want to kind of compete for, the playoff picture, they have to do the same. So I know they wanted to make sure the score was a, a, a decent looking score and one touchdown is not going to cut it against a Colorado team that will struggle to make a bowl game this year. And I think from that game in itself to me makes me feel like, okay, well, Miami can definitely take this team down. I mean, I love Caleb Williams as well. He should definitely be the number one quarterback taken off the board in the 2024 draft, but defense wins championships, right? I, I still think that that's a model that actually works. And uh, when it comes to defense, uh, I, I don't, I don't see it from USC. So I take, I take Miami over the Trojans. So another team who I think is been showing that they are pretty good this season is Texas, Texas. They got a big, they, they got a big test. Uh, tomorrow against Oklahoma, not Oklahoma, another team I don't believe in. It's kind of they're kind of in the same boat of Washington at USC to me. Um, really good offense, not too much defense. Uh, but Texas has kind of shown on both sides of the ball that they're the real deal. Who do you think wins head to head, Miami or Texas? Texas, Texas is scary right now. Texas, Texas is scary to me because it's not just offense. They are very good. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian has has. He has flipped that program from joke of the last, what, decade? Uh, you know, they, they, the Texas back, 
uh, claim, you know, Sam Ellinger to, to what they are now. I, I think yeah. that I think that they're a team that could fight to be in the national championship at the end of the year. I, I that's a buzzsaw, and, and they proved it when they played Alabama because even a Bama without really good quarterback play is still a good team. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bama beat Ole Miss, and I think Ole Miss is solid, right? Like Ole Miss ain't great, but they still beat Ole Miss. And I think they beat them pretty good, too. Um, so, overall, I, Texas is a team that I'm taking over Miami. Quinn Ewers, I think, is playing the best football that he's played so far. I, you know, kind of living up to those, you know, crazy five-star uh, ranking, you know, hypes that, you know, the people had. And they're a really well-balanced team that can run the football, play good defense, just do a good job all over all over the field. And, and I think they would probably knock off Miami. I agree with you again here. Uh, Texas, to me, is the most impressive team in the country. If I had a vote in the AP poll, I'd, I'd rank them number one, uh, just because they have the most impressive win of the year in Alabama. Like, not only did you beat Alabama, but you beat Alabama in Alabama, and you beat them by 10 points. I mean, I don't care who's quarterbacking for Alabama, but it's still Alabama. And like you said, they beat Ole Miss um, by – it was 24 to 10 was the final score. So that's a pretty dominant win to keep a team like Ole Miss to 10 points when LSU gave up a gazillion points to uh, Ole Miss. So, yeah, I think Alabama is still legit, and I think Texas, if, if they played Miami right now, from what I've seen, I think Texas beats Miami. But speaking of Alabama, I mean, it's really going to tell us a lot about that team. Uh, against uh, Texas A&M, who, you know, obviously we're showing that Miami beat Texas A&M here on the screen. Alabama, one loss to Texas, like I said. If they played Miami today, who are you taking? I'm taking Bama still. I'm taking Bama close. <laughs> uh, it's just that yeah. defense is still really good. That defense is yeah. still really good. The offensive line is not bad. Like, they're still really good in the trenches. The run game is still there talent-wise, and, Milrow looked much better last week comparative to how he did at the beginning of the year. I think you got to take that USF game completely out because they were playing, you know, Tyler Butchner, who is one of the worst quarterbacks in college football, in my opinion. And listen, trying to block Dallas Turner is going to be, it would be a, an absolute headache. And, and while I love yeah. Miami's offensive line, they have some absolute monsters in their front seven. And they have some really good players on the back end. Kool-Aid Kool McKinstry is, is arguably the top cornerback prospect in the NFL draft for next year. Eh, listen, that would be a tough one. It would be a tough one. I, I think that it would really come down to Tyler Van Dyke and how he plays you know, against pressure. Because even though Texas A&M is a good team, their defensive line, despite being you know four- and five-star heavy, is not as good as Bama is. I don't think that they have the same scheme. DJ Durkin is not Nick Saban. Um, or any of the defensive coaches on saving staff, and staff, in my opinion. So uh, I'm still taking Bama. I think Bama's a team that probably ends up, you know, running the table um, and, and on their schedule and pushing for a college playoff uh, appearance. Yeah, right now I think Alabama is the best one-loss team in the nation. Uh, so right now at this moment, Friday before or Saturday, I'm taking Bama. But – Texas A&M beats Bama. You already know where I'm going. <laughs> you oh, already of know course. Where I'm going. <laughs> Listen, if Jalen Milrow comes out and he plays horrible football again and, 
you know, their receivers can't get open, which it's crazy how they don't use Ja'Cory Brooks. I, like, you and I both saw Ja'Cory Brooks play high school football, and, and the yeah. fact that he is not, a, like, a projected first-round pick right now is is almost like saying Jeremiah Smith wouldn't be that. So, yeah, like, if that were to happen where they lose Texas a and I'm totally with you. Miami, Miami by double digits, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, a couple – well, actually, one other one-loss team quickly uh, I kind of wanted to get your opinion on was Notre Dame because Notre Dame, to me, has also a really good loss, I guess you can say. Not the best way to lose a game when you on the last play of the game you have enough players on the field. If you had, if you had enough players, then I think you stop them, and then you're considered probably one of the best teams in the nation with a solid win over Ohio State. So Notre Dame. Frank, uh, Miami plays Notre Dame tomorrow. Who wins that one? Oh, man. I'm That's taking Miami. No, I, I think Notre Dame is horrible. I, I oh, do really? Not think that <laughs> I am not a Notre Dame fan. I watched them. I watched them almost lose last week. Like, they're not good. They're not good. Like, where are they good? Like, Sam Hartman, right? Like, listen, Duke is a good team, right? Duke is a good team, like, they beat up on Clemson. Like, they started off really good. But I think coaching really kept Duke out of that win uh, rather than the players, man, because Riley Leonard did not look bad. And I felt like Duke almost played a little too conservative for my liking. I think that they could have took advantage of Notre Dame. I think that Notre Dame is a good defense. Marcus Freeman does a really good job inspiring his guys. But Sam Hartman has not really made it like he's the best quarterback in the country. I know he doesn't turn the ball over. But he's not putting up huge numbers. It's not like he was at Wake Forest, right? He's been more of like just a game manager, more or less. And they don't scare me in any way. Uh, Ohio State is another team that, that fits that Notre Dame mold. I, I don't think – I think those are two extremely overrated teams that get a lot of credit based on the, the name on you know on the jersey. Uh, overall, I, I'm taking Miami over Notre Dame because I do not think Shannon Dawson would play conservative. I think he's going right at – that, that defensive backfield, I think that Miami would probably struggle a little bit, uh, you know, running the football because Notre Dame is good at stopping the run. And Miami might not be able to take advantage of, of what Notre Dame struggles with, which is keeping that quarterback contained. Riley Williams had a pretty – I mean, Riley Leonard had a pretty good game uh, running the football against Notre Dame last week. But overall, I, I think that Miami would do a good job of getting things on the outside going um, and taking advantage of of their nickel corners uh, with Xavier Restrepo. And I'm not scared of what they do offensively. This Miami defense is absolutely biting right now. And yeah. if you have a Leonard Taylor who's healthy and an Akeem Mesidor who's healthy, I, I, and Branson Dean as well, I'm taking Miami. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, but I think it's close, though. I, I really think it, it's a close game between Notre Dame-Miami if they did play. Uh, my uh, Notre Dame's got – Good quarterback play from Sam Hartman. Uh, I've, I've liked him for years now when he was playing at Wake Forest. Um, you know, I think he and 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 that offense is, is good enough to win a lot of games this season. But I think the difference is coaching, <laughs> surprisingly, uh, because I, I think Miami would scheme up something uh, to take advantage of their weaknesses. And in, in because of that, I think Miami comes out with a victory against the Irish. So one last team is Georgia. It, it, it's just an, an interesting team because 
you know, they're the number one team because they won the last two championships. There's nothing that has shown me, Frank, that they're the number one team in the nation in 2023. No one in their right mind can put Georgia number one. Like, I love Carson Beck. This is a kid that I covered in high school. So I was right there at his state championship game um, uh, when, when, when Mandarin won the title. But from what I've seen from him and really the lack of playmakers besides Brock Bowers, like, who else scares you on this team? And it doesn't really – it doesn't really scare me enough to not pick Miami over Georgia. People are going to say I'm a homer because of that. What say you? I'm still picking Georgia. Trenches matter. I I don't think Georgia's linebacker core is, is as good as years past. They're still good in the defensive backfield. I think they allowed less than 100 yards passing to Auburn last week, despite it being a close game. I'm taking. I'm taking. I'm taking Georgia still. I'm still taking Georgia. Uh, I think it would probably <laughs> right. be close because Georgia's not – like they're not putting up huge numbers on offense, and I don't think Auburn is a very good team. And Georgia has struggled a little bit through the first part of the season. But Kirby Smart is still a magician on the defensive side of the ball. He he is probably the best play caller in the country, in my opinion. Plus, you got Muschamp uh, and Glenn Schumann, who are incredible. Um, overall, I'm, I'm still taking Georgia, man. All right. Well, 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 still plenty of football left to be played. Um, I've yet to see the Georgia Bulldogs dominate a, a team that is worth anything this season. Uh, they struggled with South Carolina, who's not very good. They struggled with uh, Auburn, who I think is a middle tier uh, type of team. But we'll see how it all shakes out. Won't won't uh, say Florida State or North Carolina, who are also undefeated, but they're on the schedule. Miami so beats North Carolina. Miami <laughs> beats North Carolina. <laughs> Yeah, but they, you know, we'll have plenty of time to break down that game when when those two games come up. So uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. But uh, let's transition into recruiting. Frank, um, Miami is, you know, still has momentum. You know, uh, they're four and zero, and they were on the recruiting trail last week during the bye week. And there's been a lot of talk about Nye Carr. Speaking of Georgia, he's a Georgia playmaker who Miami would love to add to the 2024 class. Uh, what do you think are the chances of Miami landing him at this point? I think Miami lands Nikar, and I, I think another guy that's, you know, on flip watches are Darius Hayes, four-star linebacker, six foot four, 215, 220 pounds, plays like a 5'11", six-foot tall linebacker speed-wise, um, but has that length and, and NFL potential that this Miami staff is craving on the second level of the defense. And Nikar is a guy that, listen, I know that Nathaniel Ray Ray Joseph is, is an explosive South Florida kid that, you know, was a, a blue chip prospect, top 100 player. But Miami wants six foot, 170, 180, 185 pounds in the slot. They don't want necessarily five foot eight, five foot nine, five foot 10 in the slot anymore. This is, this is a Miami team that is transitioning to evaluations that are fitting more of what NFL teams are looking for comparative to just taking guys that are really good high school players. And Nikar fits that mold. Six foot, 170 pounds, explosive. His nickname is Hellcat for a reason. Uh, he's already made some viral catches this season. So you see him two right Hellcats there. On, on the, two two on. Hellcats, yes. Him and uh, – <laughs> or Scat Pack. I'm sorry, Scat Pack is his nickname. Scat Pack. Oh, okay. Scat Pack. <laughs> Even better, right? Even better. Uh, another yeah. – 
you know, but listen, he is one of the best players in the country, regardless of position. He plays at Colquitt County, which is a powerhouse in Georgia, uh, plays with the number one tight end and the, one of the top five tight ends. Plays with one of the top five tight ends in the country. Uh, was committed to Florida State. Um, so he, he's one of the better players in all of high school football, especially in that 2024 class. And I love uh, the, what, what Miami is going – I love what Miami Like we lost Frank for a second here. I'll tell you about that. What I think about Nikar, I think he's just absolutely explosive. He reminds me of of Jeff Thomas as far as his his speed. It, I mean, his speed is is on a whole nother level for me. Um, and uh, like Frank said, I mean, Ray Ray's got got that speed, but uh, not necessarily the, the size, uh, I guess that you, you would want, I, uh, on the NFL level, but my car has got that. If, if you, if you watch, you know, the, this video that we're playing here on the YouTube channel, I mean, he's just running away from people and creating distance, uh, between him and the defender. Uh, he, he's just absolutely on another level and he's going to be visiting the hurricanes this weekend uh along with some other guys as well uh miami should also have jeremiah smith at the game uh this weekend uh as well as even a, a dallas wilson uh as well so it, it's really going to be a really critical weekend for miami when it comes to the receivers this could be one of the best receiving halls when it comes to recruiting in the history of the program. Yeah, sorry about that technical difficulties on my end. Um, but, yeah, this, this could be one of the biggest weekend recruiting weekends for Miami this season. Obviously, Florida State is in a way game. So this is one of those games where, you know, they want to do, especially a night game where you want to pack in as many recruits as possible. Coming off 4-0 start to the season, there's a lot of momentum. Like you said, Nikar, uh, our Darius Hayes, who we talked about. Uh, you talked about Dallas Wilson, from what I heard. Um, yeah. If you look at the recruiting list, which is on our website at uh, Canes County, miami.rivals.com, uh, yeah. it, is, it is a loaded visitors list, especially at the wide receivers position. And, you know, we, we just wrote an article uh, about two of Miami's top targets in that 2025 class, Kobe Howard and Nashawn Montgomery. Um, Miami's pushing hard uh, to, to flip that receiver room in a big way. Uh, and it would be a really good start to get Nikar uh, to complement what they already have and Chance Robinson and Josiah Trader and potentially Jeremiah Smith, who will be yep. in attendance on Saturday. So, um, you know, like I said before, I love where Miami's at with Nikar. Shout out to Kevin Beard. He's just doing an absolute tremendous job when it comes to recruiting and coaching on the field. Uh, Miami's got one of the higher rated receiving cores in the entire country. I believe they're ranked fourth right now, according to Pro Football Focus. So Kevin Beard, uh, the Miami alum who was on that 2001 national championship team, is just paying dividends in so many ways. And if he is able to get uh, Chance Robinson, Nikar, and and um, Jeremiah Smith, and JoJo. That 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 is just an unbelievable haul. 
already has Wade and Charles in the class for 2025. Malachi Tony is also locked in for 2026. Kevin Beer is just doing an absolute unbelievable job. And let's see if he can if he continues to do that uh, with a commitment from Carr. Hopefully that'll be soon for Hurricanes fans. And, uh, of course, it's, uh, you know, the weekend, so South Florida high school football is, you know, we've got some big games coming up this weekend. Northwestern and Central is kind of like an annual holiday for for Dade County high school football is concerned, but um, it's not as hyped up as usual because uh, Northwestern, uh, you know, has more losses than they would like. Uh, and Actually, Central has more losses that they would like as well. Usually both of these teams – Come into this matchup undefeated. Uh, you know, what's your opinion on that game? Of course, plenty of Miami Hurricanes commits and targets in that one with Armando Blunt, Vincent Shavers, and others. Uh, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on that game and any others going on this weekend? I think, listen, throw out the records in that game. There are over 30 Division One prospects playing in this game. It is talent everywhere across the field you got talent in the trenches you got talent at linebacker you got talent running back you got talent at quarterback you got talent at receiver you got talent at defensive back it is going to be an exciting game the both you know the bands are going to be pumping you're going to have everybody's favorite color being yelled out blue it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a fun it's going to be a party in Traz pal as it is every single year um for that game this will actually be the first year uh, since I started covering high school football, that I will not be at this game, which is a super surprise. Um, yeah. But another game that's exciting will be uh, Norland versus Booker T. Washington, uh, which is tonight, Thursday. It did you featured, did you put out a ranking though? By the way, I have not. I have not. Okay. I've been slacking. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've we've been good. we've been we've been crazy busy here at Canes County, and I. Have not been had a chance to put out rankings as of who's late. The so, who's the top five? Who's the top five? We know who's number five. one. You know, we know number who's one number is one. a Chaminade. <laughs> I still got Central at two. I do still okay. have Central at two. I don't think you can knock them for losing to two of the three best players in the country by less than uh, a touchdown, really. Um, yes. and, and then, obviously, Norland is at three because they are just dominant at this point, averaging over 50 points per game. And Yo Yapor, who is a top-10 dual-threat quarterback, is putting up huge numbers two 500-yard games under his belt already. And then if you just look at their defense, there's literally double-digit Division One kids just on their defense. So a lot of talent there. Uh, I got American Heritage up there. Um, and, and then I I got uh, and then I got Columbus as well. Columbus is undefeated at this point. Um, and, and listen, a lot of good football left to be played. Heritage plays Western on Friday night. Kobe Howard uh, and, and uh, Washington State commit. Uh, Jalen Edmond will be going against a defensive backfield that features several defensive back Division One kids, uh, defense backs that are like Xavier Lucas, who's a Wisconsin commit, and a kid Miami's honestly after right now. They're still working for a flip. Another kid that uh, Miami is looking at is Greg Zay Thomas, 2025 cornerback. They got an interception against Shaman Amadana. I'm excited to see how they match up against those two explosive playmakers for Western, Davi Belfort. Uh, you know, one of the more intriguing names of, of, of that 2024 class father is Vitor Belfort, former UFC fighter. If you look at that sure. American Heritage offense, it is loaded with 2026 and 2025 talent. Uh, if you go on Canes County, we got uh, obviously the previews for all the high school, top high school games. And 
all the prospects are listed there. I don't think I have enough time to even list them all uh, on this right. show because there's so many. Uh, another game that I, I'm excited to see is that Homestead-Columbus game. I believe it's on Saturday at 7.30 um, at Tropical Park. Uh, that that is going to be uh, that's going to be Homestead's chance to kind of make it like a three way tie for the King of the South, right? Because they lost to Palmetto, Palmetto lost to Columbus. If they can beat Columbus, it's like there's no true King, right? So uh, Homestead is still one of the best teams in the state of Florida. You know they had that close slip up to Palmetto in Week One. Uh, I think that they're a better team than, now than they were at the beginning of the year. Cortez Mills is one of the most uncoverable players in all of high school football. But it's going to be Dylan Russell. It's going to be Hector Chavez. It's going to be Jose Leon, Alberto Mendoza, leading that Columbus team that is still undefeated and one of the top teams in the country, regardless uh, of state. And I think that, you know, it's going to be a really good game. Columbus, you know, despite being undefeated, hasn't exactly blown people out in a way that we've kind of expected from a team that is, you know, back-to-back state champions just because of how they play. They play – they've only allowed three touchdowns in the last five games. So they're wow. not a team that necessarily has to throw the ball around a ton. Jose Leon's going to get his one score, and they're going to run the ball a little bit and kind of control the clock and just kind of get out there as quick as possible without any injuries. And I can't knock it. It is an old-school way to play football, and they dominate everybody from a bullying standpoint. Um, so, I, you know, I love that, and uh, I think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as your top five is concerned, I still like Columbus over Heritage. You know, I think that I, I got Columbus over Heritage. I just have Heritage at five. I got Heritage at five right now. Oh, okay, okay. So it's definitely on par with um, you know, what I think the top five should be in South Florida. As far as the game is concerned, I like Central over the West. I like Norland over Booker T. I like Columbus over Homestead. And I think those are the basically the uh, the big games uh, for the weekend. So uh, I think that's kind of how it all plays out. Yeah. But, uh, it's gonna be a fun. It's gonna be a fun weekend. Uh, in a couple weeks, we get that, those GMAC matchups coming up. Uh, we do get Norland Central next week. So depending on the results from this Booker T Norland game, we might have the biggest game in the country be, between two top twenty-five teams once again in South Florida. So. Um, yeah. it's, 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 listen, things do not slow down for us here at Canes County. You know, yeah. we're covering high school just as hard as we're covering the Canes. And I think yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be a really interesting end of the year because that 2M classification in the state of Florida, which features heritage, which features Norland, it features Booker T, it features central is going to be tight all the way throughout that 4M classification, Palmetto beat Edison. Uh, so they got back on track. Western knocks off a heritage. And then Columbus keeps doing what they do. You got three three really good teams that are going to try to go up against an Arpopka, uh team, you know, at state or a Jones team at or a, or a Mandarin team at state. Um, and then St. Thomas Aquinas keeps doing what they do, but they, you know, Jones is creeping. Jones is creeping, you know, from the north and Coconut Creek, uh, who almost knocked off Shaman Madonna last week. Yeah, we should talk about that. I mean, yeah, they're I'm... they're really good. They're really good. <laughs> Uh, I was upset about Western, my alma mater, losing to them uh, earlier this year, 15 to 20. But that does not look like that bad of a loss now because they have really played good football. They lost to a top 50 Gainesville team uh, by close, you know, close fashion. Then they lost to Shaman Madonna, uh, which is the top five team in the country in close yeah. fashion. It came literally down to the end. Uh, they still even had a chance to score and tie it up 
uh, with just a few seconds remaining. So uh, Coconut Creek team that deserves mention, um, and they are a team that is a dark horse for that 3M classification. So a lot of fun football to be played. Uh, and listen, we're going to keep it keep it pumping here at Canes County for you. Absolutely, and that is going to officially kind of wrap things up for this edition of At the Crib here on the Storm Tracker podcast. Uh, make sure you subscribe to Live from Canes County, this YouTube channel, as well as the website, canescounty.com for free. Use the promo code Miami30. Make sure you also follow this podcast or subscribe to this podcast, rather, on our platforms. Follow us on social media as well. We're on Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, and, of course, um, yeah, just Instagram and Twitter, pretty much. <laughs> uh, pretty much uh, follow us on on, on those, those accounts, um, and that's... That's it for this episode. Until the next one.